so many things that can lead to people misjudging deer, whether it's, I mean, we have one spot that we've hunted over the years where they just get these huge pumpkin heads. And what you end up with is these giant headed deer that make their racks look smaller than they actually are, you know? The chronic wasting thing is, is really what's pushing a lot of these decisions now. And I, I don't, I don't love that. I live really close to an area. They came in and shot this area out in 2003 because they found chronic wasting disease in there. Somebody brought a buck in this canyon. His, they literally went in and essentially wiped out the herd. A few deer made it, but this canyon still struggles to produce deer now. And I mean, this is almost 20 years later. Five, 10 years ago, the answer for, you know, eliminating pressure or decreasing pressure as a hunter was to go deeper. You know, get that backpack on and start yeah. hiking in five, six miles. You'll have the whole place to yourself. Well, that is that is most definitely not the case anymore. Everybody is hunting for different reasons. Right. And everybody has a different reason to be out there and they're looking to accomplish different things. Hi, welcome to Days in the Wild Big Game Hunting Podcast brought to you by Phoenix Shooting Bags. Just before we roll into this episode, I want to talk to you about a couple things. As always, go check out Phoenix Shooting Bags, main sponsor of the show. Use promo code John Stallone, save 20% on your whole order. They got some awesome stuff. So get yourself some shooting bags, a glassing pad, check out some of the stuff that they're working on. Also, I want you to check out Lacusa. Lacusa makes wild hunted American whitetail leather goods like wallets, card holders, stuff like that. It's a really neat deal. I got mine about a month ago and I really love it. It's nice to know that your whitetail hide's not just going in the garbage or being left out in the field and uh, it's being turned into something useful and it will last you a very, very long time. If you use promo code John Stallone on your purchase, you will receive a discount. And, uh, couple other things one you know i know you guys heard me say a million times please go on itunes give us a review helps me keep this free and uh lastly i just want to touch on all the craziness that's going on in the world it's really important for us hunters to stick together they are really heavily coming for hunting we're seeing it all over the place it's popping up in every state where they're trying to chip away at hunting rights and change things up. So if you want to keep hunting as special as it is to us now and have it be in our heritage and for the generations to come, then learn to be better with your fellow hunter and learn to stick up and fight for what's right. Thank you. Let's jump into this next episode. A little, you, little uh, stressed out a little bit. <laughs> yeah? What's going on? I just freaking work crap and just had some uh had to move some people around for some guiding shit and spent the whole day yesterday trying to get a freaking idaho tag and just (laughs) sucked did you get one i did but it wasn't a tag that i really wanted i honestly i just bought the tag because I already spent the four hundred dollars to get a license and the, yeah. the bow permit, and then the freaking you know uh, whatever it is tag access tag or access stamp. I was like, you're already ended up, yeah, and, as well. Huh? Uh, well, and I was like, you know what? I might as well have a backup because now, but it's stupid. It was stupid of me because I always have you know I could always go to Oregon, I could always go to Colorado. Not always, but you know now because now that they've done some changing of things but so i honestly i don't know why i I feel like i just wasted a thousand bucks for no reason are you thinking uh are you gonna finally cash in those colorado points you're just gonna hold on to them and for the rest of your life and wait for them to no i'm thinking about cashing in i i have enough points to pretty much draw most of the most of the deer tags that i want and i don't know i figure get on it man because they are not making it any better yeah, that's what, I, goes on. that's what I see. <laughs> that's what I see. Yeah. I, I just don't, yeah, honestly, this- I don't know. Like, it, I have some insight from a good buddy of mine, uh, Brent, over there that some places that I was going to hunt with him, and then I might do some elk hunting with Jermaine Hodge. So I don't know. 
I'm kind of up in the air, but I don't. I, re- I don't know 100 percent what I want to do. I mean, I, I know what I. I mean, I honestly, I'll do whatever as long as it's a good opportunity. You know, what I'm saying Gonna result in a decent buck. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you, this was a forgettable year here, man. Yeah, I've actually had a decent I'm, year. I can't, can't can't complain. I've had a really, you know, in in comparison to the two years previous, it's been a great year yeah. for me. <laughs> I started. Yeah, f- you feel like my old self again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no kidding, man. Well, that's, uh, you know, sometimes it just takes one good year to get back on a, to start a hot streak back up. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of how I feel, you know? Yeah. See, I, I never viewed it as a hot streak for me because it was honestly, and it sounds conceited, but it was like 15 years in a row that I was, you know, 85% or better on my, on my tags. So... I was like, all right, you know, this is just, this is just me. This is just what I, what I've grown accustomed to, you know, expect. And then, yeah, then you have a couple of really shitty ass freaking years and wound some animals and do some stupid shit. And you're like, oh man, what the hell's going on? You know? Hey, it happens to everyone though, man. I mean, everyone. It's yeah. just, it's inevitable, you know? I mean, it truly, truly is. And it's something that, uh, you just got to be ready for the good days when they're there and be prepared for the bad ones when they come, you know? Yeah, for sure. Cause it's, it, it is dude. I mean, you hunt enough, you know, you know the deal. I mean, you've guided enough people. You've seen mm-hmm. people cycle up and down, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, Without a doubt. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little nervous cause I mean, I've got a 15 year streak of killing a deer with my bow and I'm, now getting a little uh looking at this going boy this could uh this could end any second yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah that's yeah. that's crazy but you know for you i think you seem to try to like i don't want to say one up yourself but you've like gotten not necessarily a hundred percent progressively gotten better every year or getting a better deer every year obviously you know there's but that plays into it you know you have like a it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, when you start, when the bar and the most difficult part of that, in all honesty, John, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is you have to remember that the expectations are yours, right. not others' expectations for you that matter. Because Absolutely. that's what, that's what just, man, it gets in my friggin' head. And I'm sitting there going, Same here. What would somebody say if I shot this buck? I'm like, man, the hell with them. Right? Exactly. <laughs> you know what? Shoot that buck. <laughs> it's the social media, man. It's the the the, the gift and curse of it. It's like, yeah, and I, know, I think that truly is, man. Yeah, because well, now so. you know what used to be, you know, throwing a deer on the hood of your your car or your truck or whatever, and driving it to the city center or whatever town town square or yeah. whatever oh, you know exactly exactly your, thousands and thousands of times over you know and that's a that's a hundred percent right that is a hundred percent right and and the funny like you said it's always been it's yeah. just in a different format now that's all yeah so yeah. well you know it is what yeah. it is yeah exactly <laughs> I, i've i've i go back and forth i a lot of times i catch myself and then this sometimes i've I fall prey to it and whatever, but for the most part, I think after it's been a, it's been a long time now that that's, you know, it's been a part of our lives. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I feel like I've got it pretty well down that I can navigate my emotions and what I, and how, how they, you know, how it dictates how I act out in the field and so on and so forth. But I don't know. For those of you who haven't recognized uh, his voice, that's uh, Henry Ferguson. The uh, big buck slayer. <laughs> so. I try. It's it's my passion. Your son's you been kill, killing it, man. He shot a bigger deer than I did this year. And honestly, even though he's been talking just a little bit of smack around the house about that, <laughs> I'm totally good with it because that's exactly how you want it to play out. I mean, it was it was so cool. But. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, he uh, he shot a 180 inch buck this year, and I shot a 177 inch buck. So it's uh, that's awesome. I won't complain about either of them, you know. No, 
You can't. Um, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I kicked myself in the ass. I had a high 180s buck um, in South Dakota, uh, which consequently I then end up hunting with my client, and we got in close many times and couldn't make it happen. Oh. Yeah, but I had this buck at 47 yards, <laughs> and but he you was posted some pictures of that one, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a heck of a buck, man. Big deep fork buck. I mean, that's yeah, and, it, and it's very deceiving because he's a three hundred and something pound deer. So, like, you, <laughs> South Dakota deer always get underscored. I always, I always go back and go like, oh shit, man, I thought that was like you know one forty and he's a one sixty, you know. <laughs> but yeah, well, and that's it, it, and that's the funny thing. There's so many things that can lead to people misjudging deer. Whether it's, I mean, we have one spot that we've hunted over the years where they just get these huge pumpkin heads. Yep. And I mean, what you end up with is these giant headed deer that make their racks look smaller than they actually are, you know? Yeah. Or those big, those big heads can put those ears out wider and make everything look, you know, make you misjudge the depth on it. But yeah, here's the thing too. And I, and I talked about this with, uh, with Marlon Holden and, Mm -hmm where deer live dictate the size of their ears and prairie deer always have larger ears Yep. and those like in South Dakota. And I just measured one of my bucks right now. It's just double checking. He's got 10 and a half inch ears. Yeah. You know, and your typical mule deer is what nine. Yeah. Something right in that neighborhood. So right there, you're you're picking up three inches of spread when you're using the ears to you know. <laughs> well, and not only that, some people some people use those as you know they'll use that ear length as a as a way of measuring. Yes, I do the same thing. Everything I do the same and thing. Yep. I don't because I've found too much variance in it, and I, yeah. I end up getting. But but there but most people do, and so yeah. so you can end up with wildly different uh scores based on what you judged it for and you look at it and you go oh crap that's mm-hmm. not even close to as big as i thought it was or it's way bigger than i thought it was you know yeah. which is always that nice old pleasant surprise <laughs> I, i'm luckily with whatever method i use and how my eye sees things i'm very 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 rarely overestimating yeah I'm if anything usually i can overestimate by a little, by a few inches, but I mean, it's it's always pretty dang close. I mean, I'm I'm not a, yes. I'm not a, like a inching inch counting guy anyway. I just need to know a class, you know. Yeah, yeah. he's a he's a one sixty class. You know, what I'm saying I'm like, oh yeah, he's like one sixty eight. Like I don't even I don't even. As soon as I know that he's in a when I bow hunting, rifle hunting, a little different. I'll break off the spotter. You know, a little different story, but yeah, I've always got the spotter out. I'm always looking at it and trying to, it's not necessarily that I'm wanting to come out to the inch. Cause I mean, the buck I shot this year, mm-hmm. I had a feeling he was going to be mid high one seventies. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him and he just had the cool look to him. He had a, had two cheaters and one on the inside, which I was like, you know what? I don't have anything on my wall with an inside cheater. Yeah. And that was enough. <laughs> Yeah, that was enough for me. So my uh, my buck in Utah this year, we all wildly underscored him. Is that right? Yeah, I mean that's always nice. Though. So that's- one of the guys that was one of uh, this guy Cody that I was introduced to came out to help us glass one day, the day that I shot the buck. Actually, I found the buck and I was like, "Hey, come look at this buck." And he's like, "I don't know. He's like one fifty, one fifty five. And I was like, "Oh, really?" I was I was thinking he was like. My benchmark was in the 60s, you know, mm-hmm. um, and we were kind of already getting down to the wire. And I actually, at that point, I hadn't seen a buck over 150. Actually, I hadn't seen a buck. My biggest buck I saw was probably 140 at that point. And, that's a little disappointing, right? I mean, well, a, it's a, it's a, a migration hunt. After tag. It's it's a migration hunt. So if oh. you don't get the weather yep. to get them to come down, 
then you just gotta like find them in transition right you you know and that's kind of hard where 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 are they what elevation are they so we're going from like oh yeah you know eight thousand feet to to five thousand feet you got three thousand feet to cover like we were just it was it was it was a tough hunt. So I, and I, in my head, I was like, yeah, he's definitely 160. And then, yeah. you know, like, I was like, screw it. I'm going to go shoot him. You know, this is the best buck I've seen. I found them myself, you know. Which always helps a little bit, which always helps. Yeah. It doesn't add to the score sheet, but it no. adds to the memory. Well, exactly. You know? you know, like, cause I was already like, shit, I got a guy here that's helping me, you know, and he's a guide. So, yeah. It's like it's one of those things that like plays on your, plays on your ego a little bit, you know. Sure, but sure. so I'm like, and it was in my spot too. That was the other thing. I was like, oh yeah, it's in my That's spot. Cool. I want <laughs> this. This is a spot that we came and looked at, went back to look at. You know, we had already looked at it one time before. Anyway, so and then when I shot him and it was, he's almost 180 inches. <laughs> I was like, he's 178. Oh, that's awesome. 178 and three eighths. I was like, oh okay, that that was. There you go. <laughs> a really bad, you know, because you know what it is. He's not super wide. But uh, this is with people, man. It changes your perception significantly. Yeah. So my guide, Shane, we shot, well, I would say we, my company, he's the, he, him and the, and my client who happened to be an 11 year old boy shot a buck that we oh. were, we were thinking he was like, high 80s maybe you know mid to mid to high 80s and he was 197 and something that buck is a monster that's that's literally basically my dream buck he is such I mean, a cool just, buck <laughs> yeah he's yeah, such a cool a, buck yeah yeah and uh, very much so. consequently my cousin had that same unit and uh shane took him out also and uh he ended up taking like a like a one fifty buck, but they had shot at a buck that was bigger than this one. I was absolutely Seriously? yeah, I was absolutely floored because it's not a it's not a unit known for for really big bucks. It used to have some really and what good unit ones. Was in there. that again, John? I'm ready to write this down here. <laughs> the problem is half the people that are listening to this probably already know what it is that uh, from Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's true. That's it's true. it's not a it's it's a very tough unit to even find mule deer. It's hard in. to keep secrets anymore, man. Oh I'm yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's a hard unit to find mule deer in, let alone good mule deer. Yeah. So, I, and I've 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 done well out of that unit years ago. I've I took some pretty good bucks out of there, but and it used to it was an excellent coos deer unit for a long time. Not for numbers, but size would they, it always had like good genetics and fishing game effed it up by putting way too many freaking tags in there, and now they shot the shit out of it. Well, I so. have no idea what that's like. I live in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're we're about to go through that same thing, unfortunately, and that's that sucks because we've we've got a great deer herd here, and I mean they're just yeah. it, you know management decisions. I mean they're they're going to end up being a well, it gonna, sucks. It's going to end up being a problem. It sucks because yeah. Colorado was. The only Western state that the mule deer population was increasing. Yeah, and it's been we've had some tough. You know, I mean, we we're susceptible to a lot of to different factors, and you guys are. You know, I mean, obviously, you guys end up with you know drought years really having a, a big impact. Ours tend to be more winter. Of a, uh, you know, yeah, the hard winters can can really have an impact on our herds, but. I'll tell you, it's right now the the chronic wasting thing is is really what's pushing a lot of these decisions now. And I, I don't I don't know. I don't love that. I live I live really close to an area. It's not a spot I hunt. <laughs> well, for an obvious reason, uh, which will become real clear here soon. But they came in and shot this area out in 2003 because they found chronic wasting disease in there. Mm. Somebody brought a buck in. And this canyon has, they, they literally went in and essentially wiped out the herd. Mm. A few deer made it, but this, this canyon still struggles to produce deer now. 
And I mean, this is almost 20 years later, eight, 19 years later. Crazy. I, you would think they would by now, you know, they've been dealing with this for probably 30 years. Yeah. Uh, that they would have come up with a, and I don't know what it is because I didn't have it really looked into it a whole lot, but they would have come up with a different plan of attack when yeah. it is showing in, in the deer herd. No um, kidding. And and unfortunately, that's just not been the case. No. Um, it just hasn't. And it's it's really frustrating because they've, you know, it seems like we're getting farther away from a solution or a, a cure, or a, you know, at least a, a good solid strategy for dealing with this yeah. than we've ever been. And that's what frustrates me. I mean, it's just not something that seems to be getting better. Yeah, that sucks. Yep, sure does. That definitely sucks. Yeah, so going back to what started this all, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to try to come out this year. I Honestly, I was thinking about doing a rifle hunt because it just works out better for me timing-wise, but I don't know. I really don't know yet. I got so many decisions to make. <laughs> I, want, I want to do my planning nice and early because I've always done it early in the last year or so. I didn't – I kind of like – just kind of flew by the seat of my pants and it <laughs> definitely yeah. i definitely didn't get tags this year that i wanted to i mean i i you know i had my my go-tos but i didn't get anything extraordinary yeah i well i ended up i actually drew a good uh a good tag in in utah i drew a, a limited entry elk tag and then drew a deer tag for the same basic unit just so i could have some options there mm-hmm. but um Man, it was it was just strange because we just didn't have a. Uh, I, I I had a few things pop up on my schedule that literally just took me out of the game, mm-hmm. and it looked like I had looked like I was going to miss the last week of the hunt over there for for the uh, for the elk portion. Okay. And I mean, if and everybody told me, look, if you're going to miss anything, miss the front. You cannot miss the back end of it because you know that's when the rut's going to be more active. Mm-hmm. Things gonna be better, but truly, I had I had three things pop up, and I, I finally made the decision to to turn the tag in. John, I turned that tag in, and I kid you not, within seventy two hours, all three of those things had fallen off my schedule. That were conflicts. I'm like, well, that's just great. <laughs> yeah. So, so how does that work with um, with Utah when you turn the tag in? Do they do you get your so points I back? back? I got all my points back. Okay. I didn't get a point for this year, obviously, but I mean, you know, so I'll have my the same 13, 12 or thirteen points that I had going into the draws. I'll have those again. Nice. So, I mean, it's it's good. It's it's not you know perfect, but hey, you know, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do what you can. And I mean, you know, I, I made the I made the best decision I could with the information I had. And unfortunately, you know, that was the information I had and it didn't work out quite right. But but you know, I still I had a great time. It was uh, we had a we had a fun uh, had a fun archery season. I won't I won't complain much about that. So Yeah. Well good man. So oh, so you yeah. turned in your oh you turned into the deer tag too, huh? No, no, no. So I kept the deer tag. Oh, you kept the deer tag. And yeah, so I went over and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and use this as Your scouting. a scouting trip for yeah. next year. And so I went over and got there the night before, got there the night before the hunt or the the afternoon before the hunt, scouted around a bit, found some, found some deer, figured out where I wanted to be opening morning, was there opening morning. And I mean, literally at 930, I got a call from my family and they'd been in an accident back here. And so I, yeah, I mean, I literally went back to camp, threw everything in the back of my truck, didn't even put my tent and cot away. I just literally took them down and threw them in the back of the truck and started hauling butt towards home, you know? So, so anyway, I I got back out there and what was it? uh, The first week of October. And I had a day and a half to kill a deer, and it was kind of funny. This is this is a great example of of social media, so uh-huh. and, and its influence on hunting. So I literally had a day and a half to kill a deer, and I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna have some fun, and if I see something that floats my boat, great. I'll, I'll 
try to make a play on it. But I got out there and the first morning out, a buddy of mine from Utah texts me and he goes, well, you're, are you seeing anything? I said, man, what a, what a, a bummer of a morning. I mean, I hiked all the way up here. I mean, I got, got way up to the top and literally I'm seeing does and two dinky little bucks. Mm. And I, I said, I just passed one of the little bucks in range. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was cool. It was always fun to have an experience, you know, an encounter like that, but you know, yeah, nothing of size. And he goes, man, you're passing deer. Like your buddy Craig just has a full freezer or something. And he goes, you know, I didn't draw anything this year. And he goes, I've got, and this was kind of funny. He goes, I've got 10 days max this year to get out and maybe try to get, to get a deer for the freezer and i go well, i've got a day and a half over here and he goes well i put my money on you in a day and a half over me in a in 10 days so yeah i said so so let me let me just get this right i said you're telling me that if i take a deer here mm-hmm. that this is going in your freezer you guys are going to take care of it and he goes oh please man absolutely so so that evening i i said all right dude I, i'm not passing anything else if i see another one i'll i'll bring it back home for you. So literally that evening I'm walking out and it's, I mean, it's, it's late evening, late, late evening. Mm -hmm. Like I could still see my sight pin through my housing, but not super well, sort of late. And I'm walking out on this trail and I see this dark shape coming down this meadow. So I kneel down, look up and, there's a buck and then there's three or four does behind it. It's just a little buck. I mean, he's a two point, but I've donated money to Utah over, uh, you know, with a couple tags that I've been <laughs> kind of sitting and waiting for something bigger and better on. And I'm like, you know what? Here it is. This is it. And so, I mean, I, I made a great shot on it and I mean, it was, uh, but you know, took it, took this buck, he's a little two point accomplish my goal of, you know, seeing if I could get over there and kill something in a day and a half of hunting and mm-hmm. took care of uh, my buddy's meat shortage crisis that his family was going through. And, you know, and I posted on there and I got so many messages and, you know, my inbox, why would you shoot such a small buck? I'm like, you know, they're made of meat, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even the small ones are made of meat. so <laughs> They taste better when they're smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was funny because like two weeks later, I got a message from him, and it was just a picture of of a back strap all sliced up, and you know that had been cooked. And he goes, "Unbelievable, it's best freaking deer meat I've ever had in my life." I'm like, all right, there you go. See, it, it was all worth it. So, yeah, yeah, kind of funny. Yeah, no, I I've been there before. Oh, I. Oh yeah, you know what? I just pulled up your Instagram. Now I remember seeing that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I honestly, when I, I had a double take, I was like, "Is that Henry?" <laughs> <laughs> if well, here's the funny thing, John. I so I shot that on the first day. I had a day and a half, but there was weather moving in the second day. I mean, it was supposed to just dump rain all day, and that's exactly what it did. But not just that. I literally in in a day in that first day that I hunted, I covered like twelve miles in the oh, Wasatch. I mean, just glassing point to glassing point to glassing point to glassing point all day. That was the largest buck I saw. Really? Oh, <laughs> so, so I don't I don't mean to brag about my trophy hunting prowess, but I did hold out for the biggest deer I saw. There you go. So <laughs> there you go. You know that that timing a year. Um, it's hard, man. <laughs> October is super tough right there because those First deer week get, of October. Those deer get super gone. recluse, right? Yeah. Yeah, the velvet's gone. They're not in bachelor herds for the most part. But although the buck that kind of skipping forward to, to Kyle's hunt story, his buck was hanging out with seven he was one of seven deer in this in this herd mm-hmm. on October thirtieth. His was Utah well, as well? Or no, this okay, was in Colorado. Colorado. Well, just over the hill, literally just over the hill, there was a uh, there was a big buck that was already chasing does. Yeah, 
But yeah, it was just strange. And, and we, we've seen that same big buck. Kyle took pictures of that same buck rotten does two days ago. So, I mean, that buck has been literally chasing does for 32 days. Good on him. And he is skin and bones right now. He came down, came out of the mountains, big burly buck, and he's skin and bones right now, man. But, you know, he's getting his money's worth out of this year's rut. Nice. So, yeah, just kind of interesting. I mean, you just, you never know. I mean, each deer kind of experiences it individually and you end up with, man, you end up with some weird, you know, weird differences there. Looking into, you know, if you're looking for consistency and looking for uh, patterns on rut behavior, man, it's a, it's a moving target. Yeah. You know, so I, I did a lot of research on that over the years and, you know, it started originally with whitetail and then got into watching mule deer on it. And like here in Arizona, because the weather is really mild, we have a very, what we call a trickle rut. Mm -hmm. Our rut starts sometime right now and we'll go all the way to the end of February, sometimes even into March. That's crazy. You know, the bulk of it obviously is, you know, the last week of December, first couple of weeks of, of January, typically. But depending where you are in the state, so if you're up higher, higher in elevation and consequently further up north of the state, it tends to start earlier and peak earlier. And the further south you go, it tends to be later and peak later, you know. And I have a theory on that because I think, and, and we see the same thing here. I mean, they'll, they'll kind of start up in the northern part of the state a little bit earlier. And I think it's just kind of how they trickle. And I, I don't know what it is. It's probably something with, to do with sunlight and the earth's rotation and, mm -hmm. you know, the tides and, <laughs> yeah. you know, who, who knows. But, I mean, it does seem like it starts north and kind of works its way south. Yeah. Well, it's, it, I mean, the rut is, is determined by estrus cycle, right? And estrus cycle yeah. is determined by photoperiodism, which is the shortening of days, basically. There's a, okay. a gland that the eye, you know, how much eye, excuse me, how much light the eye is uh, taking in in a day triggers. It's not really related to weather. It's not really related to now activities related to weather. And yeah, and that's where that's where I think that's where everybody I, comes up the with the thing. yeah, you know, that's why they're like, oh, you know, cold day is going to start the rut up. Okay, well, the rut is going fine. You're just not seeing it because they don't want to be out running around when it's 80 degrees outside. You know? Yeah, and, I, and um, honestly, I think they need to move around a little bit more to stay warm when it's freezing cold outside. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and they have to pack on feed when it's cold. They're gonna, you know, they're yep. gonna be eating more because they're burning through more calories. All yeah, that exactly. stuff. But um, the trickle rut actually is a phenomenon of how closely, how close your ratio to buck to doe ratio is. So the more does you have per buck. Okay. The more that rut spreads out and it becomes compounded, it keeps getting worse and worse and worse as the years go because your doe population, especially like here in Arizona, we don't hunt those, right? We only have specific units that we have youth tags that are does. And those yeah. are, you know, like Kaibab and stuff like that. That they did a big study and this was, it was mostly on whitetail and it was in Texas. So, you know, a lot of people don't put a lot of weight to that stuff because it's like, oh, you know, Texas is like its own country. Um, yeah. <laughs> and whitetail. There's, it's all the fences. Right. It's the fences it, that get us all suspicious. Yeah. But the thing about, you know, that if you have a really close, like one to two ratio or better one to one, mm -hmm. you know, the rut is very intense and it's boom, boom. You know, it's like two weeks and it goes, it starts yeah. on the same day every year and ends on the, you know, it, it doesn't really fluctuate much. And um, I'm kind of going back now quite some years when I was doing my uh, master's degree and I was trying to, I was learning all this stuff and trying to figure out stuff when I did my, uh, my term paper and, um, mm -hmm. So I don't remember all the details exactly, but it has a lot to do 
with your buck to doe ratio. And that's why if you look at like QDMA practices, they're always talking about cutting down the doe herd, you know, and that's seems counterintuitive or, you know, counterproductive at least. Yeah. Because you look in the Western states, our, the first thing that we do, you know, here is preserve the doe, you know, because they're the baby makers, right? Yeah. And But the problem is if all the does don't get bred, it doesn't really matter anyway. You're not getting – I don't know. if I, They equate it to like, I don't know, you go into the bar, right? You walk in the bar, you're one guy and there's 20 girls in there, right? You're not going to get all 20 girls, Right, you're gonna, yeah. <laughs> if you have a good night, you're gonna get two, you know. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's just like it's like that situation, and you know you'll see chasing later on because those does don't get bred and they come back into cycle, you know, and then they come back into cycle a couple times until you know they're bred, but and sometimes they just don't get bred, and the opportunity goes. So I don't know. I would love to see. I'm, I'm sure now there's probably updated information about all this, but uh, I would love to see if they would. I don't know if they could take one unit or something, and they would try to do it like they manage, you know, for whitetail properties or something like that. I would love to see what they do, how the mule deer would do, you know. Yeah, that's interesting, and 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 truly, it's. It sure seems like a lot of this stuff is uh, is, is kind of witchcraft, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got a we have a lot of uh, a lot of speculation, a lot of thoughts and theories, but but truly, it's it's not easy. I mean, it really isn't. It's it's uh, it's it's a, a real challenge to um, to keep these man you know keep these populations healthy and balanced. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's something that. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's some places I think are better at it than others. And I mean, for Colorado, we've been, you know, we've kind of been among the best at, at managing mule deer for a long time, but well, I, I just have some real questions and concerns about what, about our direction right now though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel the same so, way. We're having a big issue here with the over, you know, that they're talking about the over the count, changing up the over the counter tags here for archery deer. Yeah. Yep. And I knew it. I, I brought it up four years ago. I had proposed a couple of different ideas just to kind of throw it out there because I knew it was coming. And man, everybody jumped down my freaking throat about it. Everybody. I didn't have one positive yep. comment. <laughs> and I had I had also made some uh, inferences to changing up how you know what we do for the out of state tags and so on so i'll forget sure. about it man oh you should every it's always the out-of-state guy's fault it's always our you know i'm like <laughs> no you, you're yeah, not we, understanding here man where our deer herd is declining rapidly yeah and it's not just because of and that's really honestly it's not a lot of it has to do with hunting but it's our only management tool right that we have our main management tool not our only but it, a lot of it has to do with weather and loss of habitat and all this other stuff that those are the major impacts. And, um, and unfortunately yeah. those things aren't going to, we, we can't control the weather. Right. And nope, we keep growing as, as a society. We, I mean, when you and I were kids, what we had less than 5 billion people in the world. And now there's 8 billion people in the world. Well, that's, and the, that's, that's like what, 40, thing. 40 years. We, we've almost freaking doubled. Yeah, and that's the crazy thing. I mean, you know, I look at I look at it on more of a, a micro, you know, more on my what affects me, right? Well, <laughs> that's of, what most people do, right? Point. But yeah, and I mean, Colorado's population. I moved here in 1995, and it's almost doubled since then, really? which is crazy to think about. I mean, that's a that's a tremendous amount of growth in a in a very short period of time, but it's not unlike a lot of the Western states mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of the Eastern states might be decreasing in population and we're picking up that growth as people kind of migrate over and migrate off the coast from both sides. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not, even, it's not even that though. We're just more people. They, yeah. they got to go somewhere. 
Yeah. The, 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 the eastern seaboard has not really seen a decline in population. If anything, it's it's still increasing. Well, the crazy thing is they have to recreate. We all have to recreate somewhere. And, and gosh dang it, they all seem to be ending up in my recreation spot, which really bothers me. But, yep. You know, <laughs> I, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. But, you know, that's yeah. that's us being crotchety old men, I guess. We can't <laughs> <laughs> get off my lawn. Exactly. But, you know, and the and the crazy thing is, it's just harder and harder. So, five ten years ago, the answer for you know eliminating pressure, decreasing pressure as a hunter was to go deeper. You know, well, get that backpack on and start yeah. hiking in five six miles. You'll have the whole place to yourself. Well, that's that is most definitely not the case anymore. I mean, you know, there's the a lot opposite. of people who have yeah, there's <laughs> there's so many people who have romanticized that type of hunting over the years that. It's crazy back there. I mean, it sure. truly is. It is. It is crowded back there. Yep. No. Wow. So for yeah, sure, but, without a doubt, you know, there is and, no backcountry anymore. <laughs> yeah, and you still have enough people who are. I want to say lazy, but you know, I mean, they their preferred method and style is is road hunting. So you've got. I love road hunters. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got. I I'm a card carrying member of the fraternal order of the Road, road Hunters. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I've never actually been licensed for I, it. But, uh, <laughs> me either. I'm just joking around. But honestly, like, I have I have no ill will. I, I do not make fun of them, of people who like to hunt that way. See, and I I used to. I did but too. The funny thing is, but then I grew up. I, I appreciate it now. <laughs> yeah. Now I look at it and I. I guess as I've gotten older, I look at it and say, okay, everybody is hunting for different reasons. Right. And everybody has a different reason to be out there and they're looking to accomplish different things. I mean, hey, you know, we talked at the beginning. I'm trying to, I'm still trying to top a buck that I shot in 2013. Every mm -hmm. single year when I start scouting, I'm look, I'm out there trying to find a buck that's going to outscore that buck I shot in 2013. Right. And I'm still trying. I've found a couple over the years, and I've I've had a series of unfortunate events right. <laughs> happen. And I mean, this year was one of them. I'll tell you the story here, but in, in a second. But but the the fact is, everybody's looking for it. For for we're all out there for different reasons. I mean, there's people who are out there saying, you know what? If it's brown, it's down. First buck I see is going home with me. And, I, and that used to drive me crazy. Now I get it. It's like, okay, cool. Yep. Go for it, man. If that's what makes you happy, if that's what exactly, if that's what brings you joy and fulfillment as a hunter, knock yourself out, man. Make it go out there, make it happen. Good luck. Right. Um, that, that's a really good way of looking at it. You know. Well, and I also realize that it, as they do that, that's one less. The quicker they do that. <laughs> The, the sooner they uh, are out of the field, you know, that's one less person I have to compete with, too. But, right. you know, but not everybody has the time to devote to it that that some of us do. And, I mean, I, I that's been my biggest key to success is the time I spend in the field. That's been how I've killed most of my animals. I was talking to somebody the other day, like, how do you, how do, you do it? I'm like, I kill them with a calendar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, enough enough days out there and eventually success is going to find me. And that's, that's great. But, uh, that's pretty much what it takes for me is a lot of, it takes me more time than most. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, you know, the way, the, the way you're presenting that's like, is great. I, for mine's not as positive, but it's still along the same lines. I was actually having this conversation with my eldest daughter, uh, yesterday. She was complaining. She's like, I don't understand why these people do this. Da, da, da. I'm like, listen, if everybody was drop dead gorgeous, everybody had a great body, everybody was in perfect shape, everybody, you know, dressed like you did that. I said, you wouldn't be special, right? You got to be thankful that there are this person, this person, everybody's their own person and everybody does their own thing, does it the way they want to do, you know, like this is even even more so, and I probably might get some shit for this, is my dad, he always complains to me. Every time he hears me talking Spanish on the phone to mm -hmm. guys who work for me, he's like, I don't understand. Why, do you, why don't you make them learn how to speak English? Yeah. He's like, I came to this country. When I came to this country from Italy, nobody spoke Italian to me. I had to learn how to speak English. 
And I go, yeah, see, and that's that's a different perspective. He's he's not being racist. No, he's, he's looking at that and saying, "Hey, that's not how I had it. That's not what I experienced." <laughs> right. Well, you know, and I, but and what I, the way I say to him is like, "Dad, listen, you got to be, you got to be happy." You said, "If if everybody came to this country and had the same drive that you had, right? You want to learn. You wanted to become this. You wanted to become that." Have this, this, and that. If you, if everybody comes with that same thought, then there aren't people. You know, like I told him, like you got to be happy. There's people that are willing to shovel shit because you don't want to do it, right? Yeah, that's a and, and, it, and it, it boils down to like that's why I don't ever get upset. Like I used to make fun of people when I saw people, you know, coming to Arizona and not bring a tripod with them or you know using handheld eights or something like that. I'm like, you know, yeah. I just don't take them seriously, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, I started thinking about, like how you said, everybody's coming out there for their own thing. And, you know, when I, I just don't, I don't feel like that person is in competition with me anymore. You know? Well, that's, that's exactly it, John. And that's, that's the, I, I think at the end of the day, that's what it, it comes down to is that's likely a person you're not going to run into as, and view as a threat. And that's okay. You know, I mean, well, hey, exactly. I've seen people. Yeah. I, I've seen people use their the window, you know, roll their window down and use that as a uh, modified bipod during muzzleloader season to shoot forkies off the road. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've seen I've I've seen the same group do it two years in a row. This was several years ago. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's illegal, though. <laughs> what, what are we doing? What are we doing here? You know? And I mean, yeah, no, that guy's breaking the law, but for him, hey, that's hunting. That's right. what the hunt is. That's his, it's yeah. a father and son who are out driving around and spending time together and hunting. And okay, well, their their method might not be legal, but you yeah. know, it's uh, it's it's hey, we're all out there for different reasons. So yeah, yeah, and that's and that's cool. Hey, it, it leaves more big bucks for us to chase, and I'm in, in, in that part of it, I'm cool with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, I'll, yeah. I'm, I'll get off my soapbox now because I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm feel like I'm uh, I just lost half uh, half my viewer my listenership over here because I might have offended a few guys. I hope well, I did. Well, now we can start discussing units and stuff like yeah. that since nobody's listening. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there no, you that's go. that's funny, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's just interesting and it it's kind of funny because our our perspectives and our our views of these things tend to change over the years, you know, and it's, uh, I don't know. It's what it is, man. We're all just out there to have fun. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, awesome, man. I, uh, I thank you for coming on. You got any good hunts yeah, com- pleasure, coming man. up still other than, uh, man, I wish no, we're, uh, I was, I was hoping to get back down to Arizona this year and chase some deer around in the desert. Um, because from what I understand, nobody else does that. I'd be the only guy there. So, um, <laughs> but but our son has a lacrosse tournament in Orlando over New Year's. So oh, that's going to kind of take my available time away. Away. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna we're heading to Orlando to watch Kyle play lacrosse for his club team, and it's going to be fun. But yeah, it's just not go hunting there, man. Serious. Um, well, we're going to be there pretty quick, and it's going to be. Well, that's why you uh, say to the wifey, "Hey, uh, we need to extend this a couple days, two, three days." Serious. <laughs> I know a lot of guys down there. Can. You could go whack a whitetail that's during their rut too. Oh man! In Florida, or a, go pig hunting, or something. Don't you be planting those evil thoughts in my head? I'm doing it. <laughs> At the very least, pick yourself up an air gun and go down to Southern Florida and go shoot some iguanas. <laughs> That would be fun. It's that would be fun. Blast. I saw you guys. You and your son did that. Yeah, was I, that I, earlier this year? Yeah, it was year? in. Uh, it was in October, early October. That's cool. And last year, yeah, we did it last year. It was the first year we did it. What but, a cool experience, man! Yeah, it's got me uh, looking at bigger and better uh, air rifles. I went and looked at one the other day. I was like, oh my god, no, I cannot spend twenty five hundred bucks right now. <laughs> Freaking air rifle on, on an air rifle, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that, yeah. I was trying to figure out, like, well, because Arizona now has the, the you're allowed to use an air rifle 
35, yeah, 35 calorie and, and wow. above for Havelina and up. Yep. Wow. And a 45 caliber, I think it has to be for elk. Still not in Colorado, but yeah. they're, they're freaking crazy, man. Interesting. These things are crazy. I don't even have a really good one. Kind of the cycle on those. Um, I mean, we're, you know, hey, we're a state that aggressively fights off uh, the use of crossbows by able-bodied people in archery season. Yep. So, you know, hey, if you've got a, if you have the need for it, then yeah, we're, we respect that. Yeah. Same here. You know, for most people, that's, uh, that's not the case. And we're, we still aggressively fight against that as, uh, you know, on the CBA, I'm on the CBA board and that's one of the things that we stand pretty firmly against, but yeah. yeah. No. So that's, uh, and, and that, that's kind of the next phase of it there we're seeing. And just where do you a lot, where do you slot those air rifles in? What season do they go? Oh, no, they, they go in. Yeah. That's a firearm season. Yeah. Yeah. Firearm. I could see muzzle loader. It's about the same range. Yeah. You know, but the great thing about them, I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for the air, you know, for the pellet gun, my daughter would not have, made a 300 yard shot she didn't do it with the area she shot a regular rifle but she would not have made the shot because she was willing to go and practice like when she would go want to go practice oh yeah she, my my opportunity to get her to practice was like 45 minutes so yeah. by the time i got her in the truck to go to a place where i can shoot a rifle or and i couldn't bring her to the range because that almost screwed her up completely she almost didn't want to shoot a gun anymore because we went to the range yeah bang bang pow pow all over the place yeah, I just exactly. scared the shit out of her. Um, <laughs> yep. But she got really good, comfortable. Man, she learned how to use the Phoenix shooting bags really well. And because of that, well, learn it. Yeah, I mean, you learn target acquisition, you learn trigger control, yep. you learn a all lot that of stuff. Yep. And she oh, that's, did that. That's hey, that's my son, too. I mean, he's, we'd go out camping and he'd take his, you know, his BB gun out and shooting at birds and stuff. And, uh, that's what I grew up, man. The old days. Yeah. Exactly, and that's and that's what he's done. And I mean, it's as a result, man. When when it's a quick opportunity, like he had for a shot, a follow up shot on that buck this year. Holy cow! The hunter instincts took over, and I mean, he delivered an absolute perfect shot on this buck that stood up and was trying to get away. And I mean, he just it was it was awesome. It was one of those things that you see that you're like, man. I may not be crushing it in, in every aspect as a parent, but got that got that part right. There you go. <laughs> Same here. I'll take the win. <laughs> Same here. I'll take the win too. Yeah. Yep, for sure. So, All right, yeah. buddy. Well, it was good talking with you. We'll, hey, you uh, too, John. We'll uh, we'll catch up. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds great. All take right. care, buddy. Bye. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out daysinthewild.com. And be sure to give us a review on iTunes. Thank you. And we'll check you out on the next episode.